Anytime you're talking to an investor, whether it's in a pitch or in due diligence or face-to-face meetings, they're going to expect you to be producing some kind of financial projections. And this is where a lot of founders run into problems, because if they're very early stage, often pre-revenue, what can they say exactly? They don't have any data. They don't have any track record. What kind of projections can they put forward? Are they just supposed to guess? Well, to a great extent, yes, as long as they're educated guesses and experienced investors understand that reality. And I'm going to talk about what you can put and should put in your financial projections. Hi, I'm Lance. Welcome to Fill the Boot, where every other week I upload tips and advice for entrepreneurs. So let's talk about the two time frames for your projections. Really, there's short term and there's long term. By short term, I mean within the current year, and long term means next year through maybe five years. And let's be honest, we all know that as a startup, Your projections two to five years out are pure fantasy. They are not going to reflect the actual reality. In fact, the only thing we know about them is that they're wrong. Now, the information you have about this year can be more accurate because you currently understand your burn rate. You know what your immediate goals are. You know what your headcount is. You have a sense of what kind of engineering resources you're going to be deploying right away. And so that first year is all about understanding the cash flow, making sure that the money you have and the money you're asking for is sufficient to hit the milestones that you're committing to. That's all we need to know. We're just going to assume probably that you're not going to have any revenue or any more revenue during that initial period. The out years, years two through five, that's really all about demonstrating how your business model works, how you're going to grow, what the numbers look like, what the market size is. That's what you can show in that part of the projection. Now, it's all going to be on one curve, but I encourage you to think about these two parts separately. What are investors looking for in your financials? I can't give a simple answer to that because investors are a pretty idiosyncratic bunch. We all have different things that we're looking for in your financials. For me, what I want to see is you tell a not impossible story about the success of your business. We all know that you're likely to have a pivot at some point. And if you want to hear my thoughts on how important pivots can be, I'll put a link down in the doobly-doo and a card up there. But we know you're probably going to change business models. But I want to make sure that even from the start, you have a business model that has the possibility of succeeding. And you'd be surprised how many I see where, when you actually dig into it, it's impossible for the business to succeed. Now, of course, every financial projection has to have that hockey stick chart. We all expect to see fantastic growth. But I don't want you to just assume it. I've seen projections that just plug in 200% growth a year and then show the chart going up. And you say, where did that come from? Well, we assumed we're going to grow at 200%. That's not really going to do it for me. I want to understand why you're going to grow that way. I want to see that there are comparable companies that have experienced that kind of growth and that you're modeling your go-to-market strategy on them. And that, of course, it'll still work. They haven't just crowded out that whole opportunity. It's important to ground all of these numbers in reality. I want to know how did you come by that growth curve? But you have to have it. If you can't show that phenomenal growth, if you can't get to substantial size, then you're never going to be able to generate the kind of return on investment that all angels need to see. 
I also did an episode on why angels need to see such high returns card doobly-doo. In your projections, you're going to be talking about the available market. You know, how big is this opportunity? And so you'll be looking at the total addressable market, the obtainable market, the serviceable market. And often those numbers are big. You need to have them big or it's not going to be interesting. But be careful that you're actually talking about your market. I don't want to hear you tell me about the size of the automobile industry if what you're selling is car brakes. Because inherently, that's a tiny fraction of that whole industry. I want to understand how big is that market? How big is the market for the thing that you're actually selling? And then what amount can you realistically take? And again, often there are these ad hoc assumptions. Well, if we just took 10% of this industry, then we'd have this amazing result. So my question is, why do you think you're going to get 1% or 10% of that industry? Are there examples of other companies coming in and being successful with that? Are there a number of small companies that are able to have pieces of the pie? Or is this a situation where fundamentally there's a gargantuan incumbent that owns everything? And so you now have to show why you're going to be able to come in and displace the incumbent in this market. So it's much easier to come in and grab a chunk of a market when the entire market's growing like crazy. If it's a big but stable market with existing players, now you have to have a much higher level of proof to me that you know how you're going to go in and displace them. Now, you may find at some point that you need to actually tune your numbers a little bit. You're going to intentionally modify them to produce a realistic result. This is going to happen. Be honest when you need to do that. When I was working with a company that had a purely viral business model, we spent a lot of time trying to get the virality coefficient right. Our first guess about how many people each person would refer ended up having us with a user base larger than the population of the planet within about 18 months. And we were pretty certain that that was not the correct answer. So we ended up having to tune it to a number that gave us robust but not absurd growth. And then when we talked about this to investors, we were clear about exactly what we were doing. We said, here's why we're putting in the virality coefficient we are, and here's why we think that the virality is going to be a powerful thing. I talked about virality in another episode. Again, card link. One of the things you're going to be doing with your financial projections is demonstrating your business model. It'll show your unit economics. It'll show cost of acquisitions. It'll show what you're spending on marketing and how many people you expect to bring in. Ideally, you'll have done a lot of experiments to validate these kind of numbers. But we can see, do your assumptions make sense? Because you're making your assumptions explicit in that model. And that helps us analyze whether this whole thing will hold together. So the projection should include all the big categories. We need to understand your headcount, your infrastructure costs, engineering costs, any big licenses that you've got, SaaS services that you're depending on. Yeah, do you have office space? All of those things are going to go together. And you can have pretty good senses of what those look like, certainly in the first year. And there's some good benchmarks out there that you can find for different industries on what you should be expecting to pay as you go forward, and you can embed those into your assumptions for the out years. And this doesn't need to be on a week by week or even really month by month basis. Quarterly is plenty good for me. We know that these numbers are rough estimates anyway, and they're going to be updated. So if you can just understand how much money you have on a rough basis over time, we can see the viability of the business you're putting forward. So you want to make sure that all of 
the inputs into this model are based in some reality. Either you've got references, you've got other businesses that you can compare yourself to, or you've done experiments. For example, for your cost of acquisition for customers, do you understand how many ads you're gonna to need to run? Well, that's an experiment you can do for a hundred bucks. You can run some ads and test them out and see what kind of responses you get. And now you have a real number that you can plug in. You wanna do that for all of your assumptions. Everything needs to be grounded in some reality so that if I ask you about where this came from, you can answer it. Even if it is just an educated guess, I wanna know how did you get educated about that number? Where did this data come from? Again, I've got a whole episode on how to test assumptions, uh, card, link of the doobly-doo. So where is this round gonna take you? That's one of the biggest questions that we investors have. We wanna know when we give you this money, what's the output gonna be? And your financial projections will show that in part. We wanna know that the amount of money that you're raising will take you to the ability to deliver those milestones, ideally with some substantial padding, because both we know that you're gonna be over budget and late, and B, it's probably gonna take you more time than you think to raise that next round. So the financials will help us understand, are you prepared for this? Do you have enough runway to accomplish it so you'll get to that next layer and be able to raise the next round? Because if you run out of money and things flop, then I've lost my investment. So really what you're doing is demonstrating the robustness of your business model. Can you survive if things don't go ideally? In fact, I like to see some alternative business models. The primary one you're gonna put forward is your most likely case. This is what you think is going to happen. And I know that you could certainly put together an optimistic case that shows everything going fantastically, but what happens when you hit a road bump? Things go much slower. Your growth rate is less than you expected. Your virality isn't where you thought. It's harder to get customers or it's slower to raise money. When those things happen, do you have the ability to adapt? Can you scale down your costs, tighten up your headcount, preserve that cash for a much longer time? Could you bootstrap from here if you had to? If this was the last round you ever raised, could the company survive and eventually become large? We all know it would take longer and you might have more competition. Maybe you don't get quite as big, but I wanna make sure that you're not just gonna fly the airplane into the ground with the afterburners running. And so that side of the financial modeling is super helpful to me, but also really important for you to understand how fragile your company is. What are the things that really matter? And if this variable turns out to be something different, is that incidental or is that existentially threatening to your business? Through all of this, you wanna focus on the purpose of these financials. They are not something we're intending to hold you to. They're not an exact science. We know that your numbers are going to be wrong. And in the out years, they're going to be absurdly wrong. The purpose of this whole exercise is to make sure that you have thought through all of the complexities of your business model. You understand all the costs, all the inputs, all the assumptions, and that the whole thing actually hangs together. It is possible, indeed, hopefully probable, that your business will succeed as designed. It's kind of like back in school. You can't just show a number. Your teacher wanted you to show your work. How did you get to the answer that you put on the test? Same thing here. In many ways, seeing how you put your financials together tells us as much as the financials themselves. It gives us insight into how you think about the business. What are the things that you're paying most attention to? 
What are the aspects that you care about that you think are key to your business? In looking at your financials, those will instantly become obvious to us. And that gives us a lot of understanding and hopefully confidence in the way you think about your business. Thanks for listening to this episode of Feel the Boot. I hope you found it useful and interesting. And if so, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. I also encourage you to check out our website at feeltheboot.com and our Feel the Boot YouTube channel with video versions of these podcasts. Finally, I would really appreciate it if you would share this information with other entrepreneurs. I'm trying to help as many people as possible. Till next time, ciao. Thank you.